Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Um, Before we jump in and um, talk about uh, the topic today, I'll get it out. Um, I'm not, I'm leaving that in. Uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shoe machine on the market, bar none. Uh, they are awesome. They rock. Uh, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. We have uh, a special, quote unquote, special going on right now where we're giving quarterly memberships. We're super excited about that. People seem excited about it. Um, and then that maybe maybe come in and join for three months and take a couple of months off. I personally would never leave teachhoops.com, but you have that option and uh, it's great. So go over and check it out, teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Let's head off to the podcast. There's kids that, like you said, you got to ride a little bit. There's kids that you got to put an arm around. Um, the big thing for me was, was, you know, trying to make myself more available so that if they want to talk about what was going on outside of basketball. Right. You know, you'll always have those conversations and hear bits and pieces, but it was actually listening as opposed to making yourself available. So they understood that I had an honest, uh, that you know, that I was honestly engaged in, in what they were telling me. And, and I would remember it and I would ask the question next time I saw it, you know, how did this go for you? Was everything all right around this? Or, you know, is, is your mom feeling better? Or whatever it might be. So, right. Um, and then going on. So... Um, I guess the things that didn't work, you know, where it was, I spoke earlier a little bit about shoehorning. So, you know, just trying to fit, fit players into my philosophy rather than adapt my philosophy around who I have. So, um, and then, like I said, that total positivity, which is an ongoing thing and it's going to be one I'm going to have to work on more and more, but, um, I do think I've upped my game over the last couple of years, even in, in and how do you do that? You as an individual. Yeah, well, I, I'm lucky enough. The last couple of years, I've had an assistant coach. Um, she's a very experienced coach, but you know, she's she's a senior lecturer here at the university. But she's uh, her daughters are actually the girls that were playing, and that's why she didn't want to be a head coach. And okay, uh, 
but she wanted to be there for them. But at the same time, you know, uh, she was probably one of the reasons that I moved up here to Belfast originally. Right. Um, one of only a couple female coaches that were coaching men's Super League at the time. Okay. Um, and she's an ex-Irish international and an Irish. Uh, she represented Ireland in athletics as well. Um, so I've, I've an awful lot of respect for her. Uh, and she, she was great at, you know, kind of helping me understand that, you know what, because she's a lecturer, she's a teacher, you know, she's 25 years, maybe 30 years doing that now. Right. Um, she, she understands that, you know, you just need to be able to tweak and change how you do it. So um, she would always make the point that, you know, Patrick is, is, is different to how I would coach. You know, he's much nicer than about these sort of things than I would be. So it's just about finding that balance. So that was part of it. Um, I, I have found what I have found a way to kind of deal with those. What I didn't do is, is journaling. Um, and, and basically it's self-reflection. You know, I usually take a couple minutes a day and do that. Um, and that seems to help. It makes me go like, Ooh, I'm do, I gotta do, try to do this tomorrow. And it's just, you, you can do the same thing by just, you know, self-talking and what going for a walk but sometimes i think that the journaling part that's what i have found to be useful um i don't remember who told me to do that some but i'm sure some mentor along the way said you should journal steve and it seems to be working but um it's hard it's got to be part of your routine for sure yeah yeah it is something i i, I did look at but it, the issue for me was around routine it was making it part of my routine so yeah i got to the stage of now Making making those phone calls, so I'll sit in the car coming home from work, and I'll and I'll ring one of the guys, and we'll talk about what happens, you know. And uh, that, I guess that kind of fills that same same input for me. It's that opportunity yeah. to talk things through, bounce bounce it up. That's kind of everything, and that's that's um, that's part of my growth. We we're talking about quotes, you know, and I know you said you want a quote for the end, but and this is the active thing about Kobe, but. The big thing for me here isn't about, you know, winning the games. And, and that's the part that I probably tweak when we when we speak about it at the start of the season and we do our goal setting sessions and, and we're looking at what we want to get out of it. It's, it's about, you know, here he is, one of the best players who's ever played the game. And it's the different parts that he looks at and recognizes that are integral for a team to move forward. So, and I just thought it was a great quote, um, and it's one that I, I do use quite a bit when we start talking at the start of the season with the girls, particularly when I was working with the junior and underage teams. Do you want to read it off and then kind of explain why you picked it a little bit so people sure. are so yeah. yeah, Yeah, so the quote is, I'll do whatever it takes to win games, whether it's sitting on a bench, holding a towel, handing a cup of water to a teammate, or hitting a game-winning shot. So, you know, for, for me, it was, you know, encompassing that bench player role. It was understanding that you needed to be there for your teammate as a supportive. And then, you know, taking ownership when you needed to and, and stepping up and, and taking that leadership and, and, and being that person who could hit that game when shot, you know, put that time and effort into it. Um, and then it leads you into talking. And, you know, a lot more people now, particularly younger people, have a, have a better understanding of, who Kobe Bryant is, unfortunately, because he's passed away and there's been so much about him in the media. Right. But for, you know, for a lot of the younger ones, they might have only just seen a little bit of his tail end of his career and not had a full understanding of who this guy was and, and his work ethic. Um, and I think, it, you know, that's the big thing for me is it leads into, he's probably the prime example of work ethic. You know, he's, he was that guy who was there at four o'clock in the morning getting shots up. Uh, and then moving forward and not afraid to, to do what he needed to do to up his game. Right. Um, it's very sad that he's gone from us this year, but 
um, he, he has provided some real inspiration. And then, you know, there was two other things that, that kind of, so Pat Riley, who I like quite a lot, and I, I've read some of his stuff, um, and he says, you know, uh, excellence is the gradual result of always striving to do better. Um, and for me, you know, it, 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 it's never an easy flip a switch and suddenly we're great. It's about the process, not the outcome. And that's probably the thing I say nearly every training session as what we talk about in our game plans and uh, after we've done a scout report coming into the weekend, you know, this is what we want to do. If we do this, then we're going to be fine. But if we don't do this, then, then we're going to struggle. So I'm not worried about winning the game. I'm worried about us, you know, doing these three things. And if we do these three things to the level that we can, then we're going to win the game. Um, and then the other one, which, you know, which I would say a lot, probably more recently in the last two years after I probably spent a bit of time is challenge is not a threat. So if I'm challenging you to be better, if I'm challenging you to take that next step, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a threat. Take it as, take it as, you know, take it as that, as that red flag to a bull. I want to get better. I want to push through this. I want to come out the other side. So, right. Um, and then, you know, the, 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 I just threw the other one in because I just, I'm a firm believer in the 10 things that, that require zero talent. And this is one of the things that we, when we talk at the start of the season and I ask players to put up their, you know, their, their charter for how the season is going to be and how their behavior is going to be. If these 10 things aren't up there, then this gets shown pretty quickly. Yeah, so read the 10 things and then I have a question on the 10 things for you. Yeah, okay. So being on time, uh, your work ethic, your effort, your body language, your energy, your attitude, your passion, being coachable, doing extra, and being prepared. So if you, so, let's say you could only pick three of those. What three would you pick? Uh, it would have to be, for me, it would be effort, uh, attitude, uh, and doing extra. Yeah. Okay. Those are great. Yeah. I don't, I, the, the list is so good that I think if you pick three, you're going to be good. Yeah. Being on time is one of mine, but that would not be in my top three, but it's literally one of my pet peeves. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids don't understand why. And I go, it's not about Mr. Coll Coach Collins being a jerk about being on time. It's not about that. It's about all the things that go with being on time. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's showing energy. It's showing the right attitude. It's being coachable. It's doing the extra thing. It's literally doing all those other things, you know, respecting your teammates time, all those things, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I always have to explain that one, especially for teenage boys. It's like, they don't never know why I'm such a stickler on being on time. And it's like, well, here's why, um, yeah. you know, you're on time you're late. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's Lambo time. Did you ever know that lamb the the clock in Green Bay at, at, for the Green Bay Packers is ten? Curly Lambo, who coached it, was the first coach. The clock's wrong; it's fifteen minutes. So, they I always say Lambo time. If we were in Lambo time, which means you're fifteen minutes early. <laughs> um, yeah. So if I say seven, you're there at six forty-five. We we do everything on Lambo time, but yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I love that. All right. Before I get on to this, talking about the three pillars, I, I want to jump off this screen, if that's okay. Okay, yep. Talk sure. a little bit about the periodization. So. Coach is really tech savvy. Sometimes I have to walk people through this, so I really appreciate this, Coach. <laughs> no problems at all. Um, okay, so one of the things, you know, I was talking there about upskilling and getting better and, and challenging myself um, and looking kind of at the organizational side of things. So I did a, I did a lot of research into, you know, what 
successful teams were like and when they started planning and, and bearing in mind that I'm operating in an amateur sport um, where we don't have any paid professionals. Right. Uh, I had to kind of look at it and see what can I utilize around me and then kind of work out agreements with different departments in the university and, and, and different development officers and other coaches and strata conditioners and that sort of thing. So, um, so I, I kind of came up with, with this, which suits our particular season. So our season, you know, starts in, in the end of September, start of October and goes through until uh, April normally. So this was from a couple of seasons ago. Um, and we just kind of look at, at the different phases of the season. And then if you look down the left-hand side, I, you know, we talk a little bit about what competition. So for us, there's pre-season league and then we have a national cup competition, which is very important, which is run during the season. Um, then we look at the different phases. So in, in relation to, to how it fits into the overall season, um, what physical activities. So that's really around strength and conditioning. Um, the mental side of things, so sports psychology, you know, what, what are the different things that I, I like to really focus on? So there's elements of that I'll do the whole time, but then there's particular areas I like to remind myself to focus on. Uh, the technical side, so, you know, when we get on court, what we're working on, so our activation of fundamental skills, our base skills, and then we start to consolidate those skills in game scenarios, and then we move on to, when I talk about advanced skills, it's more about the tweaks that we have to make because we're playing teams we've already played. So it's, it's those in-game adjustments or, or you know, uh, and different things we're looking at. And then, you know, we brought in where we do four weeks testing. So we put the guys through uh, testing scenarios so that we can monitor how they're doing. We've been very lucky from, a, from an injury point of view doing this and the way I kind of structure my warm-ups and we have resistance going that we haven't had much until this year. Right. So here I, I lost three girls in the last week of my season um so uh, and it was really really tough one girl did her ankle um and then one had a game on the weekend and then the following tuesday when we were training another girl my, my backup point guard she did her ankle and i was left with one guard going into you know a playoff situation and she did her acl seven minutes into the first quarter yeah. so so let's go the acl thing you can't really do anything there's some no. there's some there's some things you can do the strength and other parts of their body about the acls but Girls yeah. tend to do their ACLs more. Studies have been done just because of the hips and the yeah. birthing connect, all sorts of stuff. Anyway, but there are ways that you can differentiate that. The other two twisted their ankles. So do they wear ankle braces? They didn't, neither of them. And neither of them had ankle problems before. Okay. I've been blessed for the past two years. I've only had one girl and, and she plays Gaelic football. And so all her injuries have come through Gaelic football. So I'll, I'll send you some studies that have been done on ankle braces. Ankle braces are like, um, they're like uh, airbags in cars. They basically just slow the twist. Um, no one plays Division I men's basketball in the States without being taped or wearing braces. No one. No one. Zero. Like, we would have no issue with getting taped over here, but a lot of our medical knowledge is, is, is saying that you become too reliant with the ankle brace. Yep. yep. And I'd love to see the studies on that. I'd love to see the studies on that. Cause I don't think there's, they, they, they don't, this is the statistician in me. The studies show that it doesn't weaken the ankles. It actually, what it does is it makes a, um, it makes a twist, not five weeks or six weeks. It makes it like a week and a half. So, you know, you're not going through the windshield and in the hospital for six months in a car accident. No, no. That's why you have the seatbelt on. You bang your head and get a concussion, you're out for a week, you know, that kind of thing. I'm yeah. telling you, 
it's I, I preach it and it's like old school thing, but I, I'll send you the I'll send you the research on it. It's the braces are actually almost better in some respects because you can retighten them. Yeah. Um, if you have like a little twist during practice and you got to walk it off, you know, those little ones that sometimes happen, then yeah. they can take their shoe off and they can retighten. A tape job actually loosens a little bit. Um, and it's easier to just slip the braces on, lace them back up and tighten them. But anyway, uh, it's not an easy sell. Trust me. Um, no, and, and, and a big part of us is, is we, our girls are, they're looked after through the university. So our physiotherapy department at the university and that side of things. So I'm really lucky that we, excuse me, that I have that, um, you know, resource here right. at the university. So a lot of the other clubs don't, and they might have to reach out and pay, or, you know, they might get some young physiotherapists who are coming in and just starting, uh, just starting their working life and they're looking to do something for, for living. Is that a big major for some of the kids? It is. Yeah. Because it, it, it we're such a sporting nation, uh, you know, and it's all different types of sports that, that there's a lot of work out there on it. So oh, I bet, uh, I bet there is, I bet there's, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm, like, I'm so off my, I'm off my soapbox sorry. now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no Ankle braces. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so I I found this. I do it every year, and you know it, it just reminds me at the different stages of the season. I actually have reminders put into my calendar for the different weeks, and um, to come back and check on this and see where we're at. It's great. It's great. I have one of these too, so I'll, mm. both of us will share ours. Kind of. I think young coaches don't map this kind of stuff out sometimes, and I love how you broke it up into player. You know, you broke it up into different levels. I love that with yeah, colors. Yeah. So we're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was one. And then the other one that was really big for my game um, coaching was um, the different sets that we play. So in our conference, depending on how the season goes, the number of teams playing, but this particular year, um, we were playing in conference. So we'd play home or away against the teams in conference. And then we'd play either home or away against the teams out of conference. So there's two conferences, north and south. Right. Um, so for this, this was reminding me what we had done and played against certain teams and then what I was keeping, you know, in the back pocket or when I needed to start, you know, incorporating this into our training sessions. So um, across the top is the weeks and then also the teams that we were playing. Um, and then down the left-hand side were defensive sets, offensive sets or baseline out of bounds and our sideline out of bounds. So, and this was just up until Christmas. So this was just to remind me the main things, you know, so like we, we play a lot of man to man. I don't, I don't play a lot of zone. I go to it every now and then to change things up, but predominantly I, I play a lot of man. Right. And then it was just, you know, the different types of presses that we'll put on. Um, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, and then looking at our offensive sets, it was, you know, our, our motion. We had two or three different types of motion sets that we would always go into. How long do you give them off during winter break? Say that again, sorry. How long do they get off during Christmas break? Oh, so it, it, for the men, it was a week. For the girls, it was two. Okay. So then we might we might play our last game on on the fifteenth of December, and then we had two games on the fourth and fifth of January. So do the do do the U.S. girls go home? 
sometimes yes. Uh, sometimes they just go to Europe and spend a few days in Europe and family comes over to meet them. Um, that'd, be, that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, what I've found is um, we don't actually, I, I don't like them to go for too long because it's difficult for them to train when they're at home. Uh, they're in a bit of a, you know, a catch up mode with all their friends and family. And then when they're back to me, I got to work them really hard for a week and normally yeah. them for like two training sessions before games that fall. Right. Yeah. I can see that. Um, yeah. So there's a bit of that. Some clubs don't let their Americans go home at all. Um, they say you got to stay, you know, you're working Christmas camps or whatever the case might be and right. job for the year. So suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. We're, yeah. So, and, and yeah, we're, we're slightly different. There is, there is that little bit of leeway, you know, to, to be decided and worked out with the students. But a lot of the times they'll come to me and say, look, you know, I'd like to take four days here and go and it's fine because we don't have training because the university's closed. Right. And then they're back and they're saying, you know, I'm going to take one day. So they might end up missing one training session that I have scheduled. Um, but again, this is just something that I found helpful to remember what I did against certain teams and then, what I was keeping in the locker as we, as we got to move right. on. So it's the, the stuff you're explaining is actually like pre pre practice planning. Like you're, you're, pre, yeah. you're, you're mapping out the year and then you're mapping out what you're going to need in for specific things. So I'm guessing when you're doing your practice plan, at least you have this one by you kind of. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it guides me. So, and the yeah. certain tweak and change. So if we play a team, you know, our first game of the league and after we've played them, cause we, we won't have been able to scout them coming up to that really unless we were lucky enough to see them in a preseason tournament. Right. And so then after that game, we'll break it down and we'll decide, all right, actually, you know what? Next time when we play them, we're going to do this, this, and this because they're really not going to have, have issues with it or we're going to change our defense this, this way because of what they're looking to rely on. So okay. it's, it's a working document. It's, it's for me, you know, I put it out there and I'll have an idea based on who is coming back from the other teams that I can find out. And then, and then we tweak and change it as we kind of go. But normally by, by October, I have it pretty much locked in because by then I have seen all the other teams in the league watch their game tape, even if we haven't played. Um, and then, because I know you love session plans, so... I do. Is a typical... Session plans, he calls them session plans. I love that. Yes. Yeah, so... Um, lesson plan, yep. Yep, exactly. So, or practice plan, whatever you want to go with. Yep. Um, so for me, this is one that we, you know, we did last year in September. Um, so the goals for the training were to, to continue embedding our key principles through gameplay. And this particular stage of the season, you know, we did a lot. Of, I do a lot of stuff with ball in hand. Um, there's probably one drill in there where there's no, there's no defense or they're not having to react and make a decision. So, and that's the very first drill that we do. With, I call it Liberty. It's, it's one when you have two lines under the basket and you're literally catching, finishing high and you just work in an almost uh, circular motion, joining one line after the shoot and going on to the next one. So, and we work and just shoot uh, at the basket, at the block and at the elbow uh, and then from the free throw line. It takes about four minutes. We work as a team to, to a goal. We call it out. It's a good one to start our communication and get going. And you know, there's a few catchphrases that we put in there and just to remind the girls, catch high, finish high, particularly when they're close to the basket. You know, don't bring the ball down. You know, give yourself that opportunity to get the shot off quickly. Um, we will then do closeouts, but we'll do them where we're until we do our ramp, which is our, our uh, exercise warm up. Um, we don't. I don't allow contact, so I won't. I won't let them go one on one. I won't let them do any of that sort of stuff. Okay. Because you know I, that was the research that I did a few years ago with the national team and, and the advice that I got from the experts we were dealing with and. Uh, you know, we've been lucky enough that, we, you know, until this year, we've had no injuries. Right. None to speak of. Part of it, I think, is this. Then we'll do a ramp, and that's just, uh, you know, 
It is, um, uh, sorry, it is uh, moving, stretching. I can't even think of words, not static stretching, dynamic stretching, there we go. Dynamic stretching, there you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stretching exercises, yeah. So and it's a set one that we do, um, and the last minute is if there's anything specific the girls want to work on. So okay. um, I, I'm of the opinion that, you know, it, it's just purely about activation. So it's just about, to act, you know, to activate those muscles for certain things. So like they'll jump, they'll skip, uh, they'll come down off two feet, um, they'll, you know, change a direction. So that's all incorporated into that. And, and it just takes a couple of minutes to do, but it just gets them ready to go. And then we go back into our closed-up play, but we'll end up playing three-man or four-man. Um, but now we'll focus on on one, you know one of the things that we do. We play a lot of, of ball screen offense. Okay. And face a lot of ball screen offense. So big focus on my sessions are around how we deal with. Do you spend so you you run a ball screen offense. Do you do you work spend a lot of time defensively on how to deal with ball screens? And do you see yeah. a lot of ball screens in your league? Yeah, we do. Not not as much this year from the top team. Okay. They were mostly of guards, and and they just you know they ran a lot of motion stuff without. Okay. without to ball screen but a lot of the other teams which who had post players ran ball screen stuff so um so we would focus on you know what i call jamming so where we jam under uh yeah. the, the, you know they're not great shooters so we'll identify in our scout and go under do you, uh, do you have a glossary of, do you have a glossary of like so you're talking about jam we talk about he- i mean everyone's got a little bit of different terminology do you do you have does does the the national organization have terminology or do you have terminology within your club that you use? Yeah, so I, I I have my own terminology. It is pretty pretty similar to what would be used here by a lot of the coaches. Okay. So, so for us, you know, it, it's there's jam, um, there's switch, uh, there's hedge. We go soft hedge or hard hedge depending yep. on okay. how hard you want yep. to push them. Uh, we'll ask. Uh, which I think is is pretty much the same as as what you would understand icing to be, where we'll come off the screener and try and isolate the ball handler, uh, force them into into staying on the side. Yeah. Uh, and then the one that I brought in this year is is one that I've kind of seen some of the Euro League teams use, and it's called tagging. And that's where we run a, a we'll run a, a weak side guard or post in to take the the rolling uh, screener. Okay. We'll actually, and then we'll run our, our guard who was guarding up high, we'll sprint to cover the corner. So it's any time we're in a strong side corner situation, we work three man off. off you our- use a lot of that terminology. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, I think that's the key is as long as you're using consistent terminology. Yeah. Like we, yeah. When we switch, we talk about talk, touch, take. Talk, touch, take. You know, yeah. um, you know you're going to talk through it, you're going to touch the guy, and then you're going to take him. You know, those little things that as long as you, you got determined, like you could ask an eighth grader that would come in to me, they know what talk, touch, take is. Um, yeah. But it's terminology. It's all that stuff. I think that glossary is super important, but it sounds like you do that. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. I no, love no, no, that's it. So, you know, that, that's normally about 20 minutes. Okay. Water break um, and free throws. So there are certain times uh, on training sessions when I'll do specific free throw shooting and put pressure on players. But a lot of times we just want to get reps up and, and get them so that in a week they'll shoot, you know, somewhere between 70 and 80 free throws. Okay. Just as part of their session when they're in and doing it. And, and we as a team shot 77% last year. And Ooh, that's good. Within, yeah, there was nobody within 9% of us. Um, it's, it's been that way for the last two years. You can, you can win games by shooting free throws, trust me. Oh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And then the other thing around that is, is it's time for the girls to talk and do a little bit of peer coaching. So right. things that I bring in around that kind of, I have WB written there, which is water break. So okay. then you got to go shoot free throws and then they'll have a talk about thing. And, and at the start of the session, I didn't say this actually, but we'll, at the very start, what we'll do is we'll talk about, right, what are the goals for the session today? So these are the four things that we want to come out of it. So do you meet them before in, do you have a pre-practice? Do you meet them before you go to the court? Do you, how does that work? Yeah. So about five minutes before we can get onto the court because uh, court time is limited. So we have our slot between, you know, eight and 10. So I'll meet the girls uh, outside the, the door to the court and we'll talk briefly just about, right. This is what we're focused on for tonight. This is what okay. we're looking on. Um, and then they'll, they'll already have started to lace up their boots and stuff while they're outside. So that when we get in, we can hit the ground pretty run. How do you feel? How do you feel about your transition between? Uh, it, it works because I, what I try and do is I do it in segments. So okay. the biggest thing for me is, is I, I used to get caught, uh, trying to explain it there and then, and I could be 10 or 15 minutes going through it over and over again. And then I'd come back the next session and think, yeah, you know what? They're going to know it. We spent four minutes on just this alone. And, you know, they're making the same mistake. So now what I try and do is, is I synopsize down to like the three key words or whatever it might be for each of those or the actions that we're looking to do. And then from that, what we'll do then is, is we'll just break it down. So okay. we'll go into it. Here we are. We're only going to spend four minutes on it or reach this goal. And, and this is it. And if you've got a question, we'll talk about it during our water break reflection time. Okay. So that's, that's, that's three funny. minutes in, in the segment. I try not to interrupt in between unless something has gone really badly wrong. Or okay. I haven't explained things something right and, and we're just not picking up on it. So um, this particular section, then, we, you know, we, do, we try and do an individual skill development part, but it's always one-on-one. -on -one. So... You know, for here, we just talked about uh, post and a uh, wing series. So we just worked on finishes, catching finishes, looking on focusing on our footwork, feeding the D. We three different types of finishes that, you know, I would try and emphasize depending on whether we catch on the block, below the block or, or above the block. Um, and then we'll do a little bit on ball screen reads where we work in pairs. Um, so we'll have two coming up and we'll just work either top of the key, so like a home situation, or we'll work uh, side ball screen. And okay. About our, our different reads and what we're going to do out of it, so um, that feeds into a lot of what we do when we're in our three v three, four v four, as we start to build up. So um, then, this particular session, we did a lot on rebounding. You know, uh, rebounding, I think, is I always say it's the fifth skill in basketball. And you know, if you actually talk about teams, how much time they spend doing rebounding, yeah, it's as frustrating as how much time they spend doing free throws. Yeah, I, I, uh, your team I don't know. Have you been watching Last Dance with uh, Michael Jordan? Uh, I don't have Netflix, so I'm saving it up. And what I'll do is I'll get somebody's account and then binge on the 10 episodes. 10 episodes. Okay. So, so um, the last one last week was on um, Rodman. And, 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 you know, everyone knows he's probably one of the best rebounders ever. But what, what I found intriguing, and he said this in the last dance, and it, it pertains to what you're talking about in rebounding, he would have friends go to the gym when he was in the NBA and just shoot and he, for hours. And he would just rebound their shot. Like, because he wanted to, standing on the flout of the ball. Of the he ball. wanted to know the flight of the ball. And, and, when, and when you watch it, it will be crazy. He'll say, well, here's how Larry Bird's shot went. And he knew that it had a lot of spin. So the way it would go, because he had seen so much of it, or this shot, da, da, da. And it was like, he was like, that, he knew that's how he was going to play and be on the court and be Dennis Rodman. But it was just intriguing that he picked that one skill 
and he became an artisan of that skill. Like I'm going to just learn how the ball is going to bounce when it hits the rim every time. Um, so it's very intriguing. So when you watch it, you'll see what I'm talking about, but anybody that's watched it will know what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, but that's a nuance that I don't think people, I mean, he spent hours like Michael Jordan's probably spent hours on his floater. You know, he spent it on reading the ball on a missed shot. It's crazy. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. People don't spend time on rebounding at all. No. And, and like, you know, percentage wise, it, it's all about that second possession game for teams and denying it to the other team and, and trying to cut down the possessions. Um, and then the other thing for me really is, is trying to work the percentages of where shots are likely to go. Right. So, you know, a lot of teams will shoot threes, you know, so like sometimes some of the teams up to a third of their shots will be threes. So it's understanding, right, where if it's a corner three, where's the most likely place that it's going to go for the rebound. So we'll, we'll talk about that a lot. Um, there's one drill in particular there, which I didn't actually do up for you, but I will um, okay. explain it pretty easily. Uh, we'll have four players outside, two in the corner, two in the wings, sometimes five, but normally four. Um, and then we'll work uh, four defensive players, one in each block and one in each elbow. And those four players uh, defensively will start to circle around. But as they're doing that, they're pointing at the player offensively they're closest to and calling it out so their team knows. I have the ball or coach has the ball or, you know, our, one of the players has the ball. And then on my shout, they'll shoot or I'll shoot. And then the players have to go box out. And then it's a defensive versus offensive to try and regain okay. possession. Um, it was actually one that I saw um, Lynn Mulligan, the Ryder Division One women's coach, do. And actually, one of her girls came to a, came to us this past year. She was at our point guard. Um, but I had seen her. She'd come over and done a clinic uh, a couple of years ago, and this was one of the drills she demonstrated in her clinic. And I just thought it was really good because it it focuses on movement, having to adjust communication, letting your team know, uh, and then starting to understand that you know when players crash from the corner, when players players crash from the wing, or players crash from the top. You know, there's different things that you have to do. And we start breaking down a little bit then about, you know, how do you T-bar them? You know, do you need to go all the way out to them? Do you meet them? You know, what you're trying to do is force change of direction, force them to stop and move, that kind of thing. So, okay. yeah, it's, it's, it's a real good one. I, I found that the girls embrace it quite a lot. And, and we had a lot of, you know, even offensively, the girls are learning how to read defenders, trying to box them out. And it, it just gives them that opportunity. I, I, and I've said this on podcasts before, but an offensive rebound is a selfish thing. Like, I tell my guys, if you get an offensive rebound, then that's your ball at that point. Because yeah. we're getting an extra shot. I go, you don't have to pass it back out. If you have a shot, I mean, that's yours. Like, you just went and earned that. Go, you can do it. I mean, so, yeah, there's a nuance to that, too. Um, there is. Yeah. When we're shooting well, I'd say, you know, your first option is go back up. Your second option is kick it out. And if you're open, you can let it go. Because you know what? We've just got one offensive rebound. We're in a good spot. We're yeah, we're at, a, we're at a plus, like the plus minus system. We're at a plus at this point because we're getting two shots. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. If you want to hear more of these, <laughs> go over and uh, join teachhoops.com. Uh, 14-day free trial allows us allows us to do this. And then subscribe, like, jump up and down, do whatever you got to do. Um, tell us how, tell us what you want to hear in the future. Steve at teachhoops.com. All right. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.